You're listening to a sermon preached at First Baptist Church in Farwell, Texas. We are committed to loving God, loving people, and going into the world to share the gospel. We pray you find this message both challenging and encouraging. I've had a really good time. I've enjoyed being with you guys, especially enjoyed being with Russ Ponder. I am, I am so impressed with him. I've gotten to know him through a couple of, well, when you travel overseas with somebody, you really do get to know them, right? And so they went to Israel uh, with us in, I guess it was May of, um, was that last year uh, or 2018? Man, time's going fast. Um, so we had a wonderful time with him and Kim, and I just thank you guys as a church for blessing them and sending them. That was just, I just thought that was really, really cool. And he loves you guys, and uh, most of y'all love him. I mean, y'all love him, and that's, <laughs> that's a wonderful thing. So I'm thinking about wrestling. Well, why do I like him so much? And I got to thinking, well, I know he is a, a great pastor. He has a pastor's heart, a shepherd's heart, and that's real conspicuous when you spend just a little bit of time with him. And I thought, that's true, but that, I, don't, I don't think that's it. I don't think that's the main reason why I just think he's amazing. Number two, he's a great preacher. He loves the Word of God. He studies the Word of God. He's also a very good counselor, and I'm, I, I'm not a very good counselor. Counselors need to listen and not talk. And so the first time somebody says something, I want to talk, and that's not good. You know, so you, know, you have to be able to, God gave us what? Two of these and, and one of these. And I thought, well, that's true about Russ, and I know he's a great counselor, but that's not it. And it dawned on me. Today, it dawned on me, I thought, I know why I like him so much. It's because of Kim. That's it. Because of Kim. <laughs> amen. He is, she is a, amen. What a, what a wonderful woman of God. I tell you, it's not an easy task being a pastor's Ser wife. Being a pastor's wife is... is, is Ser la del pastor. Oh, goodness. <laughs> Jesus coming at me. Um, <laughs> I was running today on y'all's road, and that big tractor trailer deal came up behind me, and I thought I was going to heaven. I turned around, and he was being really nice. He was trying to go around me in a nice way, but I looked, and I thought, whew, amen. So, speaking of pastor's wives, I only have one best wife I ever had, ever will have. Love, love, love my wife, and I've shown pictures of my grandbaby and my daughter, but I want to show y'all a picture of, of my wife. We were at um, Disney World just a few weeks ago, and we were at the Tower of Terra. Y'all see her up there? Is she up there yet? Yay, there she is. That's my wife, and uh, she is, she's amazing. Not only is she beautiful, when I went to a small school, a Baptist school, and all these preacher boys wanted to date her, and uh, for some unknown reason she chose me and I'm forever grateful 34 years best person I ever met in my life and I'm married to her isn't that amazing the best person I told her I don't know many people but anyhow and she is the best person <laughs> no she is she's she's amazing I'm looking forward to getting back tomorrow Andy appreciate Andy and I we're going to load them up and truck them head on out about 7 30 I have a uh, a birthday party and I got to get to at 7 at 4 30 my son turns 27 tomorrow my youngest our baby He's six feet tall, which is, that's really tall to me. I mean, anybody over like six feet is, I'm like, who is he? Where did he come from? Did anybody have a child like that? You look at him, you're like, who are you? You know, where did you come from? You know, you're just, you're, you're, you're different from the rest of us, but praise God for Leighton, Michael Forshee. He'll turn 27, we'll go have dinner. Then I'm, I'm teaching tomorrow night at six o'clock. I've got a group of guys, about 15, 16 guys. I get to disciple at Great Hills Baptist Church, love, love our church, and love what God is doing there, and love what the Lord's doing at First Baptist Church of Farwell. And so I thank you for letting me come. 
I have a message from God's Word tonight. I have two texts that I want to share with you. One of them is Romans 15, 13, and the other one, you can go ahead and turn to that one if you like, and then just kind of camp out there, and I'll refer to another text. It's Ephesians 1, 19. So, so Romans 15, 13. And Russ, this is a message I like to preach, and I think I like to preach it because it really offers people hope. It offers you hope and encouragement and, and hopefully some motivation just to know that uh, you're not in this alone. God loves you. God is for you. I tell you. That's how I'm beginning my witnessing conversations with people these days. I tell them, God is not against you. God is absolutely for you. Yes, you are a sinner. I'm a sinner. We've all sinned against God and violated His commandments and His statutes and His laws, His precepts. However, God sent Jesus. While we were still sinners, Christ died for our sins so that we could be pardoned, we could be forgiven, we could be reunited to the God who created us. And I was sharing this with a, a lady that runs track uh, for West, um, West Texas. I think it's a branch of Texas A&M up in the Amarillo area. I got a chance to, I wanted to share with her, wanted to witness to her. I was so excited. She's from Germany. And, um, and right before I began to witness to her, I asked her about her spiritual beliefs. And she said, about a year ago, I gave my life to Christ. I about came out of the no, I can't, airplane. I came out of my seat. I was so excited. She goes, yeah, I accepted the Lord about a year ago. I'm involved in my church. I'm involved in fellowship of Christian athletes. I said, have you been baptized? She said, not yet. But before I go back to Germany, I want to follow the Lord in baptism. I, I tell people all the time, when you share with someone, you go talk to them about spiritual things, one of two things is going to happen. They are going to be a Christian, and you get to fellowship with them and just have a good time and talk about the Lord, or they're not a Christian, and you get to share the gospel with them. Both of those are wonderful prospects. So tonight's message, it's, it's called the God of Hope. And the text, um, I memorize these texts because they mean so uh, much to me. God has really done a tremendous work in my life over the last few years. Uh, battling depression as I have, uh, it's, it's been a constant battle of mine. So please don't say that. You're a pastor, you're perfect, you know, and you don't have problems like that. And so I'm just, I think by now y'all know that I'm, you just, you, you know, you hear from me, you see me, I'm, I'm just an open book. And, and there's one passage of scripture that God has used supernaturally and miraculously to give me victory over anxiety, over doubts and depression and fears and worries, and it's this one passage of scripture. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but if I did, I would imagine that there would be many of you who would raise your hand and say, I too battle with those very things that you just talked about. And so what I'm finding out is God, he, you know, he can supernaturally preempt, prevent us from ever going through a difficult time. But have you noticed God doesn't do that? And you say, well, why doesn't God do that? I mean, you love God. You've given your whole life to preaching the gospel. Why doesn't God just make your life rosy and merry and everything's just hunky-dory, cheery, happy? Why not? Well, here's the deal. I really believe that it is through suffering and difficulty that God makes us the people that we are. And what I'm going through is not wasted on you. And so God allows me to experience some hardship so that I might be able to better relate to somebody here tonight who's going through uh, the same thing. Now, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. What is the exceeding greatness of his power that works in us? According to the working of 
His mighty power through His Spirit. So I love these verses. They mean, they mean the world to me, and I'm hoping that I can communicate and share with you. Don't be too nervous when I say this, that I have six points in my sermon, okay? So that's better than having no point at all, amen? But I do have six points, but they're all kind of brief, sort of brief. And so I ran six miles today, so that just kind of, that just kind of goes together, doesn't it? Six miles, six points. And six fajitas tonight after we, amen. I'm looking forward to that place. What's the name of it? Leos. Ooh, can I get a witness? Somebody in it. First Baptist Farwell likes them some Mexican food, and I do too. I could eat it every day. So what do you want to share with us, Brother Danny? Well, let me, let me begin with a book reference. I love to read. Um, this book is called Hope Quotient. He said, now, I've heard of intelligence quotient. What's the prefix for that? What's the, what is that called? IQ, right? You know, what do you mean by hope quotient? Well, a pastor in, in California, Ray Johnston, wrote a book a few years ago called Hope Quotient. The premise of the book is Romans 15, 13. The whole book centered around Romans 15, 13. But he also says this, if you struggle with discouragement, then I want to take about a couple of hundred pages and speak truth and life to you, and he did. And I was given the book by a dear friend of mine about three or four years ago, and I thought, oh boy, here's another book. And as a pastor... I get so many books. I have, a, I have a little rule that I won't borrow a book. And that, that hurts people's feelings because they say, I want you to have this book. And, and I say, well, I can't borrow it. It's the Adrian Rogers rule. Don't ever borrow a book from your church members. Just tell them, buy it for me. Okay, just, just buy it for me. Because here's the thing. When I read somebody's book, use their CD or whatever, I lose it. I forget it. And I had a bad experience with a church member one time. He goes, where's my CD? I said, I lost it. He goes, you could just see it just hurt him. I said, but here's $10. He said, okay, thank you. And he took it. I was like, okay, I'm not never borrowing anything from anybody again. Just, just give it to your pastor. So anyhow, this friend gave it to me and said, read this. It'll change your life. I was like, okay, right, right. Change my life. Change my life. Change my life. Hope quotient. Romans 15, 13. Ray Johnston, pastors of church, uh, run about 10,000 people out in California. And uh, a lot of what I'm going to share with you tonight, a lot of it's been shaped not only by Romans 15, 13, but by this book that I read. What's the name of it? Hope Quotient. You can raise your IQ, you can, through discipline, through study, through memory, through reading. And you say, boy, that sounds exciting. But you can also raise your hope quotient. And that is through what I want to share with you tonight. Can I pray for you? Just one more time. Is that cool? Y'all know what's coming? Yes, go ahead, pray for us. Okay, thank you. Father, thank you so much for tonight. I just, um, Lord, in my, in my spirit, I just sense uh, peace, um, the peace of God. I sense, Lord, that somebody really is here tonight that needs uh, a word of hope, God. Maybe there's some pressure in their marriage, some pressure in their finances, in their health, in their church. Or maybe, Lord, there's just some just some hurt, just some things that they just haven't quite gotten over yet. And Lord, could it be that tonight is the night where you release them and joy and peace come flooding back in their lives, Lord, maybe like it used to be. And Lord, whether a person is 11 or 80 or whatever, in between or over or under, Lord, I pray for them that you would speak to them tonight, God, through this simple message. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Uh, amen. Amen. So I'm going to do a biblical study with you. 
We're going we're gonna to look at three key words. If you're taking notes, I'd love for you to jot, jot these down. All three words, I call them the key operative words in Romans 15, 13. Now, some of you are going to hear this message. You're going to disagree with it. You're going to say, well, if I was preaching, I would not have chosen those words. I would have chosen the other words. And that is okay. You can be wrong. That is, that is absolutely fine. But I'm preaching, and I get to share with you the words that, that, well, anyhow, they mean the most to me. The first word is this, is hope, right? The whole sermon is called the God of hope. The whole message of Romans 15, 13 says, Now may the, God is described a lot of ways in the Bible. In this apposition, God is described as the God of, not peace, not the God of joy and truth. He is all of that, but he is described as the God of what? Help me, of hope. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound with hope twice by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, Russ, like you, I do believe that the Bible is the inspired and errant word of God. I believe it from Genesis to the maps. Amen. I I believe it all. I believe this is God's word. And when God says something twice in one breath, I think that causes us to say something. The Lord is really trying to say something to hear. Two times the word hope is used in this passage of Scripture. So what does that mean? Can I give you a good definition of the word hope? Hope, a lot of times we say, well, I hope so. I, I, man, man I, I was hoping that the Texas Tech Red Raiders would beat those Baylor Baptist Bears, and they almost did, but they didn't. They didn't. Well, I hope that she will say yes when I ask her to the prom. Oh, maybe. Or I hope he will ask me to the prom. I hope that my stock that I bought, I hope, it, I hope the investment does really. Do you hear all of that? That is latent with possibility, probability, and doubt. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm going to give you a definition of hope. Here it comes. Hope is the confident, the confident assurance that everything is going to work out because God is in control. That's my definition of hope. Hope is the confident assurance that everything is going to work out. You know, Romans 8, 28, Chuck Swindoll says, is still in the Bible. <laughs> and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to His purpose. Now, hope is the confident assurance that everything's going to work out because God is in control. That's word uh, number one. The second word I want to share with you, and it's a, it's a key word in our text, and it is the word power. And if you look at the word power... There's, it's, it's, it says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the agency of the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, the Greek word, you might be interested in this. If you're not, I'm still going to share it with you. But the Greek word is dunamis. Isn't that cool? I, 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 don't, I don't mind at all. If you were just to write that down in the margin of your, of your Bible, so I don't have my Bible, I have my phone, write it in your phone, your tablet, whatever. Write it in your brain. Take your mascara out. Put it, put it on the paper. I don't care what you got to do, but write. The word power in the Greek is the word dunamis. Somebody help me. What in the word, what word did we get in English derived etymologically exactly from that word? Somebody help me. Dunamis. Dynamite, Mm -mm, that's right. Dynamite, dynamo, dynamism. I'm out. But anyhow, y'all get the choice. You get it, right? You get them. Dynamite. Think about that. The explosive, dynamistic power of the Holy Spirit that dwells within us when we receive Christ makes all things work to good for His children. That's, That's a good word. 
And I came all the way from Austin, Texas to tell you that. This is becoming my favorite sermon to ever preach. And I think part of it is just what God has done to me, in me, because of this verse. You know, it's interesting, too, when you, when you go through something, you're able to relate to people who's gone through some, some difficult times. And I think part of the reason why I try to do so many things and experiences is because perhaps I might be able to relate to somebody who has going through some of those things. Uh, in April of last year, I had a goal. I, I've been training and training for, for an Ironman triathlon. I was 54 years old. People said, honey, you are way too old. Be going out there running like a crazy person. What are you trying to prove? I ain't trying to prove nothing. I'm just trying to do it. And so I did. After the church, can I just brag on my church for just a minute? Yes, thank you, thank you. The church found out that I was training for a triathlon. Now, triathlons, there's many, there's sprint, there's Olympic, and then there's the big granddaddy of them all. There is what you call the Iron Man, right? And so I was doing the Dave Ramsey. I was saving my money. I was putting my money in the, y'all with me, Dave Ramsey, the financial guy, financial piece. I was putting my dollars in the, in the envelope. And the deacons at Great Hills Baptist Church said, Brother Danny's saving his money for his bike. Let's just go get him a bike. They rolled the bike out on the stage one Sunday morning. And I was like, this is too cool. And I was like, what do you want me to do with the $700 that I've saved? They said, buy accessories. Put it toward the bike. I was like, I'm never leaving this church. Hey, man, this is, this is just amazing. And then somebody in the church, not to mention any names, said, have you seen these tri-suits? They're pretty amazing. A tri-suit is a, is a suit that you wear, and it's pretty, it's pretty fitted because you're going to be riding and all. And, and, and that person said, if you go online and just get it, I'll buy it for you. And they, they, they're not cheap. Now, they cost like $18,000, I think. I'm just kidding. It didn't cost that much. I, I just want to see if you're listening, okay? And so I got to design my tri-suit. And on the, on the front, it said, Great Hills Baptist Church. And on the back, it said, For the, for the one. Isn't that cool? Luke 15, 4. And so I did. I trained and trained. And uh, April of last year, I swam two and a half miles. I rode my bike for 112 miles. And then I ran a marathon 26 miles. And I live to tell about it. And, and, and so I w- go through these experiences because... Who knows, I may meet some other crazy person that likes to do those kind of things. 3,000 people started the race, 2,000 finished the race. I finished it in 15 hours and 30 minutes. Just, yes, 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 I did. So I said, don't hurt yourself, honey, slapping yourself on the back. But anyhow, it, and so I, I enjoy things like that because I love to accomplish goals I love to be able to cut the grass and say, I cut the grass. Anybody else freaky like that? I mean, you say, I don't like cutting the grass, but I do because a lot of times in ministry you do things, you don't see results. You can labor for years and years and see very few results. And if you're not careful and the devil beats you up on that, then you think, well, you're just the most pitiful pastor that ever hit the earth, brother. You need to just give up, turn in your pastor card. And so, but here's the thing I'm learning is when you're faithful to God, then God blesses you. So let me, let me get back to my sermon. Y'all distracted me. Okay, so hope <laughs> and, and power. I love that word, power, dunamis. Can I give you another word? Ephesians 1.19. If if, let me just read this one to you. 
It says, And what is the exceeding greatness of his power in us who believe according to the working of his mighty power? What is up with that? What's, what's going on when God repeats himself? You know, in the Bible, in the Hebrew, in the Hebrew parallelism, God will say something, and then he'll change the nouns and the verbs just a, a, a very small, and he says the same thing. And he's doing it here in the Greek. He's saying, and what is the exceeding greatness of God's power? That's the word dunamis. In us who believe according to the working of his power. It's a total different Greek word. It's the Greek word kratos. I laugh when I say kratos. Kratos is a manly word. That's no feminine word. Kratos, come on now. That just sounds... I told people, I said, I'm going to get me a German shepherd and name him Kratos. Isn't that cool? We got a German shepherd and the wife won. I said, well, let's get a guy. Let's get a puppy, male, and name him Kratos. And that pretty little lady that also looks so sweet and innocent up there, she's like, no, we're not doing this. Okay, well, anyhow, what do you want to get? We got a female named her Zila. She was 90 pounds. Anyhow, that, that's, that was my dog. So power, oh, is that God, do, are we living with this kind of dynamism, this kind of explosive kratos? Kratos, by the way, means utter raw strength. And I want to ask you a question. Is the power of God manifest in your life? Do you have the power of God to overcome temptation? Do you have the power of God to be a witness in your community? Do you have the power of God in you that resonates within you that says, instead of complaining, instead of, oh, I can't, you're like, no, I can do all things through Christ who what? Empowers me and, and strengthens me. I wonder if the people of God, the children of God, were more infused and infilled with the power of God. I, might, I just kind of have a hunch, I have a thought that we might just could change our world. He says, the power of God resonating within me, the power of God comes from the Holy Spirit of God as he fills us and we, and we overflow to the people that we come in contact with. So these are the two words. I love these words, hope and power. And the next word is the word believe, okay? Those three words. This trilogy, this triumvirate, if you will. I love these three words, hope and power and believe. Now, the operative word, is the word believe. It's mentioned in both texts, Romans 15, 13. I'm not going to quote it again. That would be like the 18th time. Ephesians 1, 19, it says, it talks about the power of God is being released through belief. Have you ever noticed that, that the key, this is, this is kind of profound, but I want you to stay with me. I'm sure I read it somewhere. That the key to entering the Christian life is you have to believe. And the key to living the victorious, successful Christian life is you have to believe. And Zig Ziglar is a motivational speaker, and I loved him. I loved listening to him. He said, and he passed away just a few years ago, and he said, our faith reaches into the eternal, but it denies the daily. That spoke to me. That I had faith to believe God for the salvation of my soul. And that you don't get any more weighty than that and yet i had faith in god that uh, yes god you created the world i look at the grand canyon that's pretty amazing i look at the solar system i look at the stars you are awesome god you sent jesus who died on the cross and rose from the dead he saved my soul the holy spirit came in me and i am a christian and i'm on my way to heaven however god i don't think you can handle my worry <laughs> 
I don't think you can handle my difficult student that I'm dealing with, Lord, you know, at the high school. She's just wearing me out. Just, but Lord, I know, I know you created the world, but you, you've met your match in that young lady. And I'm like, really? Where is belief in that? Our faith reaches into the eternal. Whoop, whoop, look at us, look at it. But it denies the daily. It denies the inner working of God just in our lives. Did y'all know that God really wants you to be blessed? He wants you to be successful. He wants you to be effective. He wants you to be impactful. You say, well, I don't know about that. I thought when I got saved, I just thought, well, man, life is just going to be hard now. It's going to be awful, and I'm just going to have no friends. I'm just gonna be, it's going to be sad. I'm just going to be poor, and that's going to be awful. No. I received Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. The Holy Spirit of God comes in me, and he wants me to, he wants me to do great things for him. The, perhaps the greatest thing I could do for him is lay down my life for him. Whoops, there goes the prosperity gospel. So he made me a little bit nervous there, just a bit, Brother Dave. You're talking about success and happiness and joy, but you threw that death thing in there, and that's right. Because that could be the greatest thing that happened to us as we die for the cause of Christ. Wouldn't that be, wouldn't that be awesome? Wouldn't that be awesome? So what are the three key words we talked about tonight? First one states, starts with an H, hope. The next one starts with a P. And the next one starts with a B, believe. All right, good. You say, well, I'm, I'm keeping up with you, Brother Danny, and I thank you for your message, but you said there were six points. What, I mean, what, what's happening? What, what are we doing here? What, okay, I'm going to give you three more points, all right? The first thing I want to talk to you about is the biblical study. I, I really want to lay the foundation for what I'm about to share with you next. I'm going to share with you three practical helps, three practical things that will help you and me live a life of hope, empowered by the Holy Spirit, so that we trust God and believe in God. So I'm, I'm leaning a little bit on Ray Johnston's book, The Hope Quotient, because he talks about, he talks about these very things. He talks about how um, there, there are things called, uh, what does he call them? These toxic hope killers. Things that quench the, the fire within you. And he says these things, they go like this. They go through... Um, Unbalanced schedules, caustic, bitter, complaining people, and stress. And I was thinking about that. I was like, yeah, all those things are hope killers. So how do we, how do we combat that? How do, we, how do we have hope fillers? How do, we, how do we come along and say, God, the God of hope, fill me with all joy and peace as I trust in you so that I can overflow through hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. That sounds so theological. That sounds so philosophical and theoretical. Can we put the cookies on the lower shelf so we let's all eat them and say, how, how do you do that? How do you access that power? How do you live this life? Thank you all for asking me. I'm going to give you three things, then I'm going to go eat some Mexican food. Amen. All right, number one, listen to the voice of truth. That's the first thing I want to share with you. Listen to the voice of truth. Romans 15, 13 and Ephesians 1, 19 is the truth of God. That is the truth of God. Listen to the voice of truth. Don't listen to things that kill your, your passion, like unkind critics, unnecessary guilt and shame. Don't listen to that. Here are the things that we can do to, to recharge as we listen to the voice of truth, to, to invest in our own growth, to listen to the Word of God, to pray, to worship with the people. Mm -hmm, stay with me. Worship. With the people of God. Listen, when I go to church corporately, collectively, and that's why Hebrews says, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves because mm, 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 there are things that God does and shows you in big church that he does not when you by yourself. 
You say, well, I worship God at the lake, Brother Danny, and I've just got to fish, and that's where that's my sanctuary. Liar, liar, pants on fire. That don't, that don't work like that. You're not thinking about God. You're thinking about fishing. Well, I worship God on the golf course. No, you don't. I'm thinking about how in the world. Help me, brother. It's hard, ain't it? Hit that golf ball. It's hard. You thinking about Jesus? Oh, praise the Lord. Hit the golf ball. Oh, hallelujah. No. This is the house of God. This is where we come, and you come, and worship him. And this is where you are infused with joy and power. And you look around, and you go, I'm not the only student at Farwell High School that's living for Jesus because I got some other friends in the house with me. I'm not the only farmer for Jesus. You know why? Because I look across the aisle and there's my brother. I'm not the only business owner that's trying to do the right thing and live for God. Why? Because I got a brother and a sister over there that encourages me and helps me. Ecclesiology 101, go to church. Hallelujah. You got a great church. I'd come. Listen to the voice of truth. (laughs) Ray Johnston tells the story of a little boy. Oh, my word. This little boy. He's so sweet. He's five years old. He's at the restaurant with his mom. And Mom, can I say the blessing? Well, come here. What mom's going to say? No, you can't say the blessing. Well, sure, honey, say the blessing. It's just him and his mom. No, no dad, no siblings, just mom and the son. He goes, dear God, thank you for this day. Thank you for my food. Thank you for the ice cream that mama is about to buy me with liberty and justice for all. Amen. That was his prayer. That was his prayer. Isn't that sweet? And everybody in the restaurant did the same thing you and I did except one woman. She was offended by that. She said out loud, kids these days, asking God for ice cream, you ought to be ashamed. That's what she said. And uh, the story does not say, and the mom laid hands on that lady, pulled her hair out right in front of everybody. And that's not, that's not how the story goes. But I'm sure that mom, that bear, mama bear, was probably a little bit tempted, but she kind of came, the little boy started crying. And Ray Johnson said, tears well up in his eyes. His feelings were hurt. And he asked his mom, some mom, did I do something wrong? Is God mad at me? And this elderly gentleman, bless his ever-loving soul, he had the moxie and the guts to stand up. And he walked to the little boy. He gave that woman just a little bit of a look. And he walked over to the boy and he goes, Hey there, young man. He said, I heard your prayer. The little boy's like, Yeah, yeah. And he goes, He said, I happen to know God. And God thought that was an awesome prayer. And the little boy's like, Okay, okay, really, really? He goes, Yeah. He said, You know, ice cream's a wonderful thing. We had some bluebell this, this afternoon. It was wonderful. And he said, um, you know that lady over there, she's, she's probably having a bad day. You know, she could use some ice cream because ice cream is good for the soul. And by the time the little boy, he's chuckling, and the mom, you know, she's, she's taking deep breaths, and she's okay. Well, guess what mom ordered that little boy? The biggest bowl of bluebell on the planet, and they brought it to him, all five years of age, and he got his bowl of ice cream. He has his spoon, and right before he digs in, he... Takes the bowl of ice cream. Y'all with me? <laughs> he walks over to the woman. He says, ma'am, he said, um, I want you to have my ice cream because ice cream's good for the soul and my soul's good here. <laughs> Sweet. Ray Johnson said, listen to the voice of truth. 
you got two voices going on, right? You got, ah, kids, blah, 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 just vomit, blah, 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 you know. People like that just wear me out. They just are like in negative, negative, negative. And then you got this guy over here. Hey, son, don't listen to her. Listen, God heard your prayer. God loves you. Order you some ice cream. Hallelujah. What, which voice do y'all listen to? The voice of truth, of hope, power, believe, or do you listen to the voice of darkness? Oh, you could never do that. <laughs> Who are you to think that you could do that? Oh, oh, oh my word. No, no. And this, this condescending shame. And get, Remember what you did? Remember that? And do you think God's going to forgive you of that? And you're going to go on and do great things? Just tell him. Go on back to hell. Just leave me alone in the name of Jesus. I have been washed by the blood of the Lamb of God. The Holy Spirit of God lives in me. I'm going to heaven. Just go on back to hell. That's what you ought to do. And you do that enough and the devil comes knocking on your door. Does he ever knock on y'all's door? He pounds on my door. Whether it's temptation or negative thoughts or worry or fear. And a lot of times, old brother Danny opens that door. Russ, you ought to see me. I think I'm all, I'm all that in a bag of chips. I got this. And the devil just eats my lunch. And then he comes back, knocks on my heart's door, and I open that door. I got this. I'm, I memorize me some scripture, and I'm, I'm ready, and, and I just fall again. And then I hear that familiar knock. And I say, Jesus, get the door. The devil opens the door and goes, wrong house. <laughs> I think I'll leave, you know. Listen to the voice uh, of truth. Number two, I hope this encourages somebody. I really do. Just got two more things I want to share with you. Look forward and not backwards. Look ahead, not behind. Some of you say, well, brother, I'm 80 years old and there ain't a whole lot of looking forward going on. I, I just live in the past. I just live in the blessed assurance of days gone by. Listen, friend, if you know Jesus, you're going to heaven. That's a lot to look forward to. And in your senior years, by the way, I'm, I'm, I'm after you. I'm, I'm chasing you, you know. And I'm going to be you one day. That I want to just influence as many people as I can for Jesus and take them into heaven with me. Now, for the rest of you, maybe some of our young people up here on the front, hallelujah, thank you all for staying, you know, engaged and listening. Um. No, I'm, I'm not rebuking them. I mean, that's, that's the truth. I mean, they, they, Pastor and I were actually talking about this. He said, you see the teenagers on the second row? They're really listening to your sermon. I'm like, hallelujah. Thank you, all and I don't go to sleep now. I've been bragging on you, okay? Um, so my, my son, Bryant, he's a, he's a pastor. He's going to be my pastor one day. I got this feeling. I'm just, I don't know how that's going to work out, but I'm probably going to be serving in his ministry one day. I, don't, I just got I just a funny feeling. He's 20-something. He's 20. He's 28? Oh, my word. He is. And Brian loves Jesus, and um, I'm just so proud of him to see God do so many good things in his life. And he says, Dad, every year I get a word, and I begin the year with a word. And the Lord gives it to me, and I build my whole year around that word. I've, I've never done that. I'm 55 years old. I'm like, a word of what? What is this? He goes, try it, Dad. And I tried it, and I liked it. And God gave me a word for 2020. Do y'all want to know what that word is? The word is forward. It's forward. Not backward. Y'all ever know to driving down the street, driving down the road, 
And there's a, there's a thing called a rearview mirror. Are y'all with me? All right. If you look in that rearview mirror, you can see everything what? That's behind you. Did you notice that rearview mirror is that big? What, what? Now, in front of the rearview mirror, there's a thing called what? A windshield that you look out of, and it dwarfs that thing, right? So why in heaven's name do we do that so much? Oh, the past, the back, oh, my word. When God says, stop, look ahead. <laughs> look to the future. I mean, I'm telling you, I know this world is stinked and jacked and messed up. I get that. But the last I checked, Jesus Christ is still the king. He's coming again, friend. It's gonna, he's going to whoop. He's going to change it all. Oh, we're on the winning team. It looks like I'm losing, but you're not. Look ahead. Look with, look with anticipation and with joy. Because here's the thing. If you only look behind, then you never become all that God wants you to be, full of hope, full of power, full of belief. Howard Hendricks is great. He was. just passed away. He was a great professor at Dallas Theological Seminary. For 50 years, he taught theology at one school. Isn't that amazing? 50 years. He influenced David Jeremiah. I don't know if anybody's ever heard of David Jeremiah. He's one of my heroes out in California. He was in his church a few years ago and got to meet him. I was like... I felt like I was meeting Moses, like, oh, man, this is amazing. Then Chuck Swindoll. Chuck Swindoll said, I am the man that I am. And I know I'm dating myself. Some young people are like, Chuck, who is that? You know. And Chuck Swindoll is an amazing author. Y'all help me if y'all have ever heard of his name. Just I'm curious. Okay, a bunch of people have. Chuck Swindoll says, I'm a writer today because of Howard Hendricks. So Howard Hendricks was born, little baby. Mom and dad looked at him and said, I don't think so. We don't have the time. We don't have the money. Not really why, sure why we even had him in the first place. Here, Grandmama, you take him. By the way, that is a rough way to start life. And so the grandmom took him, did the best she could, but he was a handful. In fact, in the fourth grade, he got into so much trouble that his teacher (laughs) taped him to his chair and taped his mouth shut. So he was taped. That's old school. You do that today, you go to jail for 100 years. But anyhow, Howard Hendricks has the tape in his mouth, duct tape, and he's sitting in his chair, and she, she's just like, you're driving me crazy, and just took him. And she said, I'm telling you, Howard, you and your buddies, all five of you are going to prison one day. That's what she told him. Talking about encouragement, you know. And talking about looking forward, yeah. Words of affirmation. She was a prophet, a prophetess. Three of the five went to prison. But not Howard Hendricks. And I'm going to tell you why. In the fifth grade, shoot, there was another teacher. And her name was Miss of all names, no. <laughs> N-O-E. Miss No had Howard Hendricks in her class. How did he, he... He didn't really do the grades. They were just getting rid of him. Go to the next grade, son. You're driving me crazy. So she gets him. She gets him in the class. And she's calling roll. I don't know why this story gets me so much. I, I think, Andy, like you, I am a, I'm a person words. You know, words, mean, words matter so much to me. So anyhow, she says... She's reading the role. Oh, yeah, Susie. Oh, Johnny. Uh, Howard Hendricks. Yeah. That was, that was what he said. 
And he was sitting there. Can I just, can I just demonstrate how he was sitting there? Erica, can I borrow this? Thank you. Y'all with me? Just like this. He's mad at the world. Mom and dad don't care. Grandmom's doing the best he can. The last teacher told me I was going to prison. Woo-hoo. He said, yeah. And she said, I've heard about you. <laughs> he goes, yeah, I bet you have. And then what she said next changed his life. She said, Howard, I don't believe any of it. That's all it took. He said her words. I never heard words like that. She looked at me and she smiled. And she was telling me, I don't believe that. I believe you're a fine young man. God's got a big plan for you. He said, Miss No, changed my life. He went on to become a Christian. Became this, like I said, a pastor, a professor of theology for 50 years. Aren't you glad for the misnos in our lives who look this way instead of looking back that way? I wonder who, who you influence like that. Grandmoms, granddads, that's what I'm telling you. God's not finishing this. If God was finished with you, he'd kill you. He'd just take you on the glory. You know, dead, come with me. He left you here. He left me here. I think it's to influence the next generation, to speak words of life and encouragement. Eric, I want to do that for you right now, okay? Um, you know your dad. His name's Ryan. Yes, I know that. Uh, and Annie. So we're sitting there last night, and Texas Tech was playing Baylor, and you and I had a little conversation. And I told you something about my sister-in-law, right? Can I, I'm going to tell the other people this. I'm going to a wedding Sunday. I'm preaching Sunday. I'm getting on a plane. I'm getting out of here. Going to Africa. Woo! And uh, our family's tight. Goodness, we do everything together. You know, if you don't have the money, it's okay. Go to Africa. Here we go. So we're going to the, going to the wedding. And I showed Erica a picture of the lady who's getting married. And she's half black and she's half white. Her um, mom is my sister-in-law. If I showed you a picture of Tricia next to Ashley, you'd go, they are sisters. Those are really pretty, attractive people. She met a guy, football player, big university football player. They had a relationship, and they weren't married, and she got pregnant And um, 27 years ago. And in her family, and there was just no question that she was going to have the baby, where the dad bolted. He didn't have anything to do with her, never has had anything to do with her. Patricia did, mercy. And Trisha, Trisha surrendered her life to Christ. She met Neil. Neil's this tall, handsome dude, just loves, Trisha just loves everything about her. And I told Erica, I said, Erica, you know, it's amazing that choices we make can impact us for the rest of our life. But I told her this, God's ways best. God's ways are best. And she looked at me, she said, that's the craziest thing I ever heard of in my life. No, she didn't say that. Right? <laughs> she just smiled. She said, that's right. And I believe, Eric, I believe in you and I believe in these other students here that God, God just has a big, big plan for you. But here's the catch. Here's the caveat. You got to do what he says. 
you got to do what he says. And when you do what he says, he blesses you. He brings beauty out of ashes, and I know that. But, man, Trisha, if she was standing up here today, she would say, please don't do what I did. It was brutal, brutal. Can you imagine what she went through in Alabama 30 years ago having a, a biracial kid? So you get the, get the picture. So looking ahead, not looking behind, listening to the voice of truth. The last thing I want to share with you, and I'm done. You said you said that 30 minutes ago, and you're still talking. So yes, I know, but forgive me. The last one I want to share with you is it's not really profound, but, but I guess it kind of is. And here it is. Lean back and relax. <laughs> Lean back and relax. Um, I don't know how the Holy Spirit talks to y'all. I mean, here's, here's how the Holy Spirit speaks to me. I'm not going to tell y'all the absolute truth. Andy, you did buy me that book uh, by Wayne Cadero. You remember you giving me that book? And... Um, and I read it, and I thought, but that's a really interesting book. It, all, it talks about the importance. Uh, as the title of the book is Leading on Empty. Running on empty. So I'm reading this book, and I'm going, I wonder why Andy gave me that book. So I said, this is a good book. You can't lead on empty long. You'll burn out. So you need to rest. Then I go preach in Kentucky, and this pastor said, have you read The Emotionally Healthy Leader? And I said, no. I said, you got to read that book. It's amazing. It was like that thick, and the words were really little, and the pages were big, and I'm like, oh, this is rough. And I read that, and I was like, oh, my word, it is profound. Peter Scacero, The Emotionally Healthy Leader. And then a lady in our church says the same thing, the importance of taking a day off, rest, sabbatical. God created the world in six days. He rested on the seventh. Why? Because he was tired. No, because he gave you an example. That's heavy. Think about that. Rest at least one day a week. And I'm like, oh, I'm getting convicted now because I don't, I don't rest well. I like to go. If I'm not studying a sermon, I'm running a marathon. If I'm not doing that, then I'm doing something else. And I'm reading these books and this lady comes up to me in our church, Cindy Asmussen, and she says, pastor of the Holy Spirit, wants me to tell you something. There are some people that tell you, the Holy Spirit told me, you're like, you ate way too much pizza. The Holy Spirit he told you nothing. I mean, you, know, you, you just question the source, right? You say, you are not a very good pastor. Do you really do that? I guess I do. I'm just like, but Cindy Asmussen, she said, Pastor, the Holy Spirit. I'm like, I stopped everything I was doing. I said, yes, ma'am. She's just that kind of woman, a godly woman. She said, the Holy Spirit told me to tell you, <laughs> rest. I was like, I got, kind of got bristled, you know. Y'all ever get bristled because you, you're convicted? And then, sister-in-law, my sweet sister-in-law, Anne Michelle, loves, loves Jesus. She said, oh, my pastor wrote a book, and I'm going to give you a copy of it. I'm not kidding, y'all. The title of the book, this is after reading two books, Holy Spirit Moment with Cindy Asmussen. The title of the book is Take the Day Off. Now, I'm not, I'm, I'm not joking. I'm not pulling your chain. I'm telling you, what, this is what happened to me. And I'm like, okay, and I read it. And the Holy Spirit's like, are you going to obey me? I've gotten your attention. Are you going to take one day a week off? Some of y'all look at me like, well, brother, you ain't no farmer because we don't take a day off. We just work all the time. No, I'm going to talk to you. Can I talk to you? Just listen. I'm leaving tomorrow. 
You get mad? Talk to Russ. It's all good. It's all good. So, I may be hard-headed, but I usually get it that first day. I don't care what day you take. Okay? I don't care what day you take. People say, we take Sunday off. If you've been a preacher... Preachers, that's rough. That's a rough day. You're up, he's up at 2 o'clock in the morning. And he's studying and praying for you, loves you. I don't know that I've met a pastor that loves the people like he does. I mean, that's 2 o'clock. I said, was well, you studying your sermon? He said, no, I'm just, I'm just praying for my people. Whew. Man. So, I took a, I'm taking Saturday. That's my day. I'm trying to do it. That first Saturday in 2013, almost 30 years, I didn't grab my notes and study my sermon. I don't know if y'all can see this. This is, um, this is a manuscript. Every sermon that I ever preach, I use a manuscript. Is that not a manuscript? That is a research paper right there, every one of them. And since I talked about, I'm, 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 I'm kind of funny. I want all the pages to match, okay? okay. So I'm going to have to give this to her because I talked so much about it, okay? If y'all want one, it's 1995. I'll be happy to. <laughs> I'll be happy to. Get... <laughs> but wait, there's more. That Saturday, I. I oh man, can y'all imagine? I'm, I'm addicted to work. And Jesus has no rivals, by the way. I have no rivals. And I'm going. Okay, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to study. And I'm like, I'm just sitting there, and I'm looking at the TV, and I'm like, what am I going to do? I'm about to lose my mind. i got to go do something. And the Lord says, rest. I said, how do you do that? And he said, just talk to me. I started talking to the Lord. I started singing songs to Jesus. And I was like, this is fun. I took a nap. I took a nap. And I woke up and I said, Ashley, what's up? She goes, let's go. Let's go eat. Let's go do something. I said, okay, where are we going? She goes, let's go look at some houses. We'll sell this house. We're going to get us another house. And we're going to help. Great Hills start another church. I said, that sounds like fun. And so I did. And so we're just driving around, we're eating lunch, and we come back, and oh my word, guess what we did then? Watch a Hallmark movie. Ooh, party over here, a Hallmark. Hey, listen, turn in your man card. Just turn it in. I'm sitting there going, oh my word, these movies, oh my word, they, I could tell you the script every single time. He's the guy. He's not the guy. He just get him off the scene. He's not the guy. Ashley and I actually have sign language. I go like this. Y'all with me? Let me explain. L is for look. There comes a time when they go, and they just look at each other. They have that look. You know, it's like they were fussy. They didn't like each other. Now they got the look. And I'll do this. C, the conflict is coming. I've watched some Hallmark, brothers, sisters. And so we, we had that, that moment, and I'm watching that movie, and I was like, I slept so good. The next day, y'all, it was on like Donkey Kong for me. I was up. I was just charged up. And now I'm finding a rhythm. Russ, I'm finding a, a rhythm of rest. If it's, if it's not Saturday, then Take a few hours another day and just don't do anything and just rest. You say, why are you telling us this? Because 
I want you to be successful. I want you to, I want you to do great things for God. And it could be that, and, and I'm, I'm not in your world. I don't know what all you do. Some of you, actually, one of you guys told me you own your own business. I'm like, man, that's a lot of work. And I know you, you guys that farm, I mean, it's own. It's just like you work like 28 hours a day, and I, I don't understand all that. That's a lot of work. But can I help y'all? Can you listen to me just for a moment and say, Holy Spirit, help me. Just help me that I can find this rhythm that, that if I know I've got to work 12 hours tomorrow, then, Lord, just, just help me take some time off. When people die, and they, they all die, nobody says, I wish I'd worked harder. I wish I'd planted more corn and wheat and had a bunch more cows. I'm about to die, but man, I wish I'd have done that. No, they don't. They do not do that. Here's what they say. I wish I'd have spent more time with my wife. I wish I'd spent more time with my kids. Now, I do have some regrets in life, and this is not one of them. I spend time with my kids. I hope some of this has been helpful for you. I um. I am. Um, I just want to stop just a minute because I think the Holy Spirit's speaking to some of y'all. This is pretty cool. Husbands are like, stop, stop, you know. Teenagers, maybe maybe you're listening, and God's ways are not easy. They're just not easy. Everybody does their stuff, and it's not what God wants you to do, right? So you have a choice. But I'm just here to tell you, and I speak the truth before God, God's ways work, and they work. They just work. I can't explain it. Would y'all just pray with me? I'm going to say a prayer for you, and we, we can have our invitation, and we can open up the altar and we can pastor and come and student pastor can come and these guys will pray with you and encourage you and I don't know, maybe just maybe you and your wife or you and your husband just need to maybe y'all just need to take each other by the hand and, and I'm not saying you need to come to the front. That's cool if you do. It is it is kind of cool. You see people take a public stand, but when the song is sung, you may just right there in your pew just lean over and say just say something. Just, just say something in words of affirmation, words of life. Oh, I hope I spoke to an 80-year-old tonight, and you're like, man, God's not done with me. That's awesome to know. He's got a plan. He wants me to impact my kids and my grandkids and my neighbors. Hallelujah. You, sir, were a listener. Amen. Come on now, First Baptist Farwell, don't, don't throw something at me now. I know your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed, and that's really cool because you can't hit something when your eyes are closed, but rest. I, didn't, I did not say that. God said that. It's one of the Ten Commandments. <laughs> God said rest. And here's, here's, the, here's, the, here's the pull. Because if you rest, you have to trust God. And you're never more blessed and effective than when you are trusting God to do what only God can do. Thank you for listening to this sermon. 
If you'd like more information about our church or have any questions regarding the sermon you just heard, we would love to hear from you. You can visit our website at www.fbcfarwell.org or send an email to info at fbcfarwell.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter by searching FBC Farwell. It is our prayer that the sermon you listened to was equally challenging and edifying to your walk with Christ. Thank you again for listening and have a blessed week.